Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year, for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now, and you can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Carly Fortune is back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss her book, Meet Me at the Lake, which I loved. Carly Fortune is an award-winning Canadian journalist who has worked as an editor for Refinery29, The Globe and Mail, Chatelaine, and Toronto Life. She is the author of the New York Times and number one Globe and Mail best-selling book, Every Summer After. She lives in Toronto with her husband and two sons, and I actually did an event with her when I was in Toronto for Wildflower Kyle's movie, which premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. Welcome, Carly. Thanks for coming back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Meet Me at the Lake, which has the most gorgeous cover. And for those who cannot see Carly right now, she's wearing a dress, the exact same colors as her cover, and it is really beautiful. So there you go. (laughs) 
Thank you. Thank you for having me back. I really loved this book. I mean, I loved Every Summer After too, but there's something about this I particularly related to. And I don't know, with the loss angle as well and sort of different paths your lives can go. And I don't know. I just, it had this extra layer of meaning, not to compare. I lo- they're both different. But anyway, I loved it is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. That means the world to me. I'm so right now when we're talking like three weeks from the book coming out and I'm so nervous about it because I'm so proud of it and it means so much to me and I'm so happy to hear that you liked it. (laughs) It's really, really good. It's really good. Okay. Tell listeners. And also you had a long night at the end about how hard it was for you to write this, which is a surprise because reading it, you would not be able to tell that like reading it. it, Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) No, but it's true because it all makes sense. And there's like, I I don't know. I don't, not like there's a book I could read that I'm like, Oh, she must've had a hard time with that one, but she worked on that one. (laughs) Yikes. So I don't know what that would even look like, but (laughs) tell me about why it was hard and also just explain the story to listeners. Okay. Yes. So the book is about Fern and Will who meet in their early twenties, just as they're kind of launching into the world. They've just finished school and they have this chance encounter that leads to them spending an entire day together in the city and kind of wandering around and talking and making plans for the future. And they have a very strong connection and they make a pact to meet one year later at the resort where Fern grew up and Fern shows up and Will doesn't. And she never hears from him again until 10 years in the future. She's back home running her mom's resort, the place where she grew up, the place where she absolutely did not want to come back to and run. And it's in pretty bad state. Her ex-boyfriend's the manager. And in walks Will with an offer to help her out. And it's been 10 years since she's seen him and he's extraordinarily different from the guy that she met 10 years ago. And she's not really sure if she can trust him. And she feels like he's kind of keeping a secret, like something's a little shifty. And so the book is about, it's like every summer after it goes back and forth between the past where they spend these 24 hours together and the present where they're together at the resort in the summer. And yeah, that's, that's meet me at the lake in a nutshell. My gosh. But the voice is so great too. I mean, I know that's like the plot, but the, hold on. I wanted to, can I read a passage or two or something? Oh my goodness. Yes, sure. Okay. I'm just going to read. This is starting running from Will Baxter is exhausting. I'm just gonna be like two paragraphs. Is that okay? Okay. Running from Will Baxter is exhausting. I know because I've spent nine years barreling down this trail. It was supposed to lead far away from him through some kind of magical mist and enchanted forest to a land of forgetting. I fled from the feeling of his finger linked with mine, from the hurt. It used to burn hot and sharp, like a lance through the sternum. Over time, it faded to a dull ache, but tonight there is no escape. I dart down the flagstone steps in front of the lodge. As soon as I land on the path, my high heels sink into the gravel and I stumble. I shift my weight onto the balls of my feet, but I can only shuffle a few inches at a time. I left my Birkenstocks in the office. Swearing, I pull off the shoes and grip my teeth against the bite of pebbles. I've been living in the city too long. Whitney and I used to scamper around the property in bare feet all summer. I get three strides farther when I hear footsteps hurrying down the stairs behind me. Fern, wait. But I don't wait. I pick up my pace, trip, and go soaring forward. The humiliation hits before the stinging in my palms and knees. Are you okay? Will asks above me. 
I rue the day he was born. I rue the people who held each other close nine months before that. I do a lot of ruing as I lie there. I press my forehead against the ground and dig my fingers into the stones. Maybe I can burrow my way out of this. <laughs> I Thank you so much. You know what's funny about that particular part of the book? There are two sections in just what you read that I considered cutting. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, yeah. The part that begins it, like about her running away through the mist and forest and the ruing. I and love the ruing. I, I did too. I did too. Um, we did. I feel like it was close to being cut. And I was like, is the running away from him part too overwrought? I really went back and forth on those parts, but I'm so glad that you liked them. No, I particularly loved the ruing. That's so funny. Because I love it too. I love it too. But sometimes when you love something, you're like, am I just like feeling myself or is this bad? Like, I don't even know. No, it's good because... It just is. I mean, it's, I don't Thank know. You. It's Thank funny you. and it's relatable and yet it's different because being in a difficult situation and not only like wishing the person weren't there or that you weren't in, but then being upset with that person's parents for getting <laughs> together. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, I've Thank never you. reached that far back and now maybe I will. <laughs> yeah. Fern is quite bitter. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even also how Fern talks about losing her mom and how I don't have to share how she died or I don't know what, you know, basically that she died in an accident caused because she was trying to do everything for everyone as she always did running this resort, not delegating and, you know, wanting the customer experience always to be perfect. And in the end, that's what ended up being her downfall, not on purpose, but in sort of a more positive way. And I feel like that's also sort of this you know, larger metaphor, if you will, for what a lot of women are doing when they're running things and being moms of even of older kids, like trying to do everything for everyone, not let anyone down and just being like, I'm just going to do it. Or maybe this is just because I can relate to this. No, (laughs) I know you're so right. Yeah. And I think Fern's mom, Maggie, is also, I'm not sure how much of this is really in the book, but like I saw her as someone who never quite felt she was doing enough, like as a mom, as a business owner, and therefore probably ended up doing way more than she ought to have. Yeah. Yeah. And yet was so beloved. I mean, the people at the resort love her. Like you could tell that she had this really special quality, right? And a lot of charisma. A lot of charisma. And yeah, the place was like all her. And then when she was gone... Like it's, it's more than just a loss of the person, but it's like a piece of the place as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course the love, I mean, it's just so good. I don't know. Wait, go back to why this was hard to write. Yeah. So I wrote every summer after in 2020, in the summer and fall of 2020, I did it early mornings before work and before my kid was awake. And it took me about four months to write. And in under a year, I had a two book deal. I did edits on every summer after it took two weeks. Like it was oh a God. very speedy, easy, magical kind of process. Everything about from like writing the book to the book being published. And then the reception for the book was just mind blowing. But yeah, writing the book was really, really joyful and smooth for me. And then when I sat down to write Meet Me at the Lake, I was pregnant while I wrote Every Summer After. So my, when I was writing Meet Me at the Lake, my I was like two months postpartum and my mental health really sucks in my postpartum period for both pregnancies. And I 
just for one, I had, I don't know, a couple of months earlier, I got a two book deal and I was like, oh my gosh, but that means I have to write a second book, which I of course wanted to. I love doing this, but it was really intimidating. The idea of now I had an editor and an agent and people and a publishing team who loved every summer after, and I really didn't want to disappoint them. And every day I sat down to write the draft of Meet Me at the Lake and I worked on it every day for I don't know, eight, eight months. My husband took paternity leave to look after the baby. And I would spend hours telling myself how much I sucked. Like every summer after was a fluke. You can't do this again. Nobody's going to read every summer after. And therefore like you're already like going to fail. And this book's going to be a flop and you can't do it. And I would like, I looked back at my notebook that I kept for every summer after before I started writing Meet Me at the Lake. And I was like, how did I even write a book? Like, I don't even know how I wrote a book. It felt like magic. So I, that first draft was really hard to write. I literally fought with myself every day. And, and that was before every summer after came out. So there wasn't even any kind of like reader reception for every summer after yet. I had filed two drafts of Meet Me at the Lake before every summer after came out. And then I got the edit back, my first editing letter back on the first draft of Meet Me at the Lake. And it was a really long letter and like so smart. My editors are absolutely brilliant. And there was this little line in there at the end that was like, what if we change the past timeline so that the characters are a different age and it's a different setting? And when I got that note, I, first of all, I felt like I needed to vomit. Like (laughs) just like the length, I spent two days feeling like I needed to puke. I was like, oh yeah, I absolutely have to rewrite half the book and therefore change the rest of the book. Like that is absolutely the right thing to do. And I have done a really bad job. Like I have failed (laughs) because, and and, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, no, that is just like the process of how a book is actually put out. You don't usually spend two weeks doing edits on, on a book before it is like sent to copy editing. And after that, once I kind of got my head around that and I started working on the second draft, I outlined it over a weekend. And then I was like, okay, they're going to be a bit older. It's going to be in Toronto. I had so much fun. I was like, I've already failed. And I had two months to like file my second draft. And it was so fun. And now having come through that and I'm working on my third book, I'm like, okay, I, I can, I can do anything. Like it may not be great at the end of it, but I can, I can do it at least, but it was tremendously hard. The first draft. Wait. So where explain what was different then with the second draft? No. So in the first draft of Meet Me at the Lake, oh, what, what changed? were they at the resort the whole time? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. So there was never a coffee shop subplot at all. There was never a coffee shop. There was no like day in Toronto. There was a canoe trip at that and a storm and they were younger. And the book was always about, you know, where we think we're going to end up and where we actually do and how those things kind of align or don't align and the unexpected curves that life inevitably throws at us. And they were on their way to college in the first draft instead of having completed it. And those are two very different life stages. And the second life stage was a much better place to examine what I wanted to examine. And also it was just like, 
you know, when I wrote Every Summer After and I was like, okay, so what I do is write about lakes. So everything will be at the lake. And then I felt like that's what I had to do. And then when my editor suggested a day in the city, I was like, oh, that's so much more fun. Like, let me write about something new. And I love Toronto very much. And I got to have so much fun exploring Toronto of 10 years ago, which was a really good time in the city. And also I think it helps like it has a lot of similarities, I would say, to every summer after, but changing that past timeline really like helps, I think, distinguish them. Totally. Wow. Yeah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. And of course we hung out in Toronto. So that was fun. Yes, we did. <laughs> and it was fun. Yes. By the way, and this is so random, there was this amazing wallpaper in the bookstore that we were, we did our event in. Do you, I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. So I just remember like, I took a picture of it at some point and then I saw the wallpaper somewhere else. And for like two months, my brain could not help me remember. I, I could not place where I had seen it before. And I was like, I know I've seen this before. I love it so much, but where? And so it ended up being in that bookstore with you. So then green I- Green books. Yeah, 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 green books. So there we go. Anyway. Well, I'm going to have to go look at their Instagram afterwards and see what yes. the wallpaper is. Yeah, I like finally saw it in like a picture that I had taken that day. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was it. But anyway, it was like a pharaoh and ball. I'm obsessed with wallpaper. So anyway, always cataloging <laughs> where I find stuff. Well, that's so interesting. And it's so cool that your characters, that you can have them be so defined that someone could say, why don't they be a little older? And you could be like, oh, obviously I know exactly who they are and what they're going to be like when they're older, because you had to do all that work yes. before to even get to know who they were. Yes. Yes. And it was, I think it made it so much easier to write the second draft because I knew the characters. So like, I was like, well, I know what they did as teenagers. I know they're like, I know so much now yeah. that I didn't know before. And it made it so that I could really concentrate on just having fun. Like this, I, I didn't have to kind of worry my way through the story like I did with my first draft. So yeah, it was very difficult to press delete on, on that. I kind of like mentally like sent them off in a canoe and said farewell and like grieved them as teenagers. And then, yeah, turned my attention to them as 22 year olds, which was wonderful. But you should release that as like a, you could do it like as an original audio, or you could do it as like a special insert for booksellers or something. Yeah. yeah I don't, I, yeah. 
I've thought about it. I'm like, do I want that in the world? I don't know. I don't know. And it's fun. It's got like Jamie is in it, who is Fern's ex. So in that draft, he is not a love interest at all. He became like an ex later, I think in the second draft maybe. But it's got some relief and it's got a nice scene with Fern's mom. But yeah. Oh my gosh. I would want to read it. <laughs> I think you should uh, do anything with it. Why not? Otherwise it's just in a file. I know it's in my, you're like giving people more of an inside look into the characters. Like, and I also think people would go crazy for like the deleted chapter, like the behind. Yeah, But what if people read it and they're like, Oh, she's, this is really sucky. Well, (laughs) it might be sucky. It might, but it might not. And maybe they're not reading it with that lens. They're just saying like, I want more of these people. Tell me more, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm working on like this, just like fun little bonus something for me at the lake. And as I'm writing it, I'm like, I think this is fun, but also maybe it's terrible. But then (laughs) I, you know, I think that's just writing for me anyway. Yeah. I think we have to focus on how to get you over all of the self-doubt that is going on in your head. You know, you, I, yes, I would love that. I do have a therapist, just okay, just so you know. Yeah. All right. And I feel a lot better, like writing the third book, I didn't deal with that at all. Like, I mean, a little bit, like definitely questioning a little bit, but I didn't feel saddled with self-doubt. I decided it was going to be a mess and that I was okay with it being a mess. Whereas when I wrote Mimi at the Lake, I was like, this is going to be a mess. But in the back of my head, I was like, yeah, but it needs to be perfect. And I hope that I've come past that. I hope I can approach writing in the future a bit more healthfully. (laughs) It's nice to hear you talk about it though, because it does mess with your mind because that's all you're doing. It's you, you know, it's like why I can't play golf. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just like, there's too much pressure. Like you just, you have to do it and you have to do it right. And it's only you and the page or you and like the golf ball or whatever. It's such a crazy analogy. But I'm like, no, I'm not going to play golf. Like, (laughs) You know, I can't get over myself, right? It's yes. in my head. Yes. But writing is different too, obviously, because like the end product is all of our like subconsciouses and random memories and like feelings and thoughts. And you have to like swirl it all up like some crazy stew and then like splatter it on the page. I mean, it's amazing anything ever comes out in like making any sense. It is. It is. And yet like, also, I just feel like I sound kind of ungrateful because I love what I'm doing so, so much. And even though that was really difficult, that first draft, I it is the thing I think I love most in this world, writing as hard as it can be. It just makes me so, so happy. And I we probably talked about this the last time I was on, but I was a journalist for 16 years and I was at a point in my career where I didn't know what I was going to do next. I felt like my career was over and it was really, it was really stressful not to know I'd worked so hard and to not know what I was meant to do anymore was really hard. And so when I wrote every summer after it was like, oh my gosh, this is what I, I am in my late thirties and I am now just discovering what it is I am meant to do. And that is how I feel. Like I am so grateful and happy despite the angst. I do know that. And this is you know, unlike golf, which I actually don't particularly like, (laughs) I also like writing. And I think everybody who writes really loves it. Yeah. It's just hard. Yeah. You know, you can love something and it can be hard like parenting. You know, I love my kids, but it is really hard. It's so hard. I just interviewed Adisha Bose before you. And have you read Dirty Laundry? It's the new GMA book club pick. I haven't. Well, it's just like right here because 
literally that was like half an hour ago, but on her first page, like her daughter, the main character's daughter is being really difficult. And, you know, she has all this dialogue and then she's like, the line after her daughter says something rude, she's like, and then I wanted to like, take her outside and toss her on the curb and like never pick her up. It's just like something that I'm like, that we, we're not supposed to say, but it was like so funny. So anyway, it was it just spoke to how hard parenting can be at times, even though you love your kids more than anything. And it's the same with writing. It's like, you love what you do, of course, but it's just really hard. It yes. just can be really hard. Yes. I think there's a lot of parallels between writing and publishing and parenting for sure. <laughs> True. Yeah birthing a book and all that. That's true. Yes. And like comparing books, like which book yes. do you love more? No, I, I love them both yeah. differently. Yeah. All books look and feel. Yeah. And like let it. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what is the third book about? Tell me about that one. I can't say much about the third book yet, but it is, you know, a summary love story. I am wildly excited about it. Like I, it's funny because I both never want Meet Me at the Lake to come out because I'm nervous, but I also want it to come out right now. And I also want my third book to come out right now. Like I'm so, I'm not the most patient person and we're still editing it. And I think I'll get my edit back next week, but I just have had so much fun writing it and I love it. Like I'm just Like, I love it so, so much. It has a, Meet Me at the Lake has a strong mother-daughter storyline in it. And this book has a strong best friend, female friendship storyline in it that I've been really working on in addition to the love story. And yeah, I can't wait to talk about it more. Like, I'm, I'm just so excited about it. Isn't it annoying that like the book can't just come out right now? Yes. Yeah, it's annoying. Yes. Like I understand it from a business perspective and like, yeah, it's not finished yet, but also I just want it to come out. <laughs> I know. All this like long lead time and da da da. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's not worth it. Maybe there's a different way. I don't know. I don't know. I think this is good for me. This book a year kind of pace that I'm on. Journalism is really fast paced and I worked at newspapers and I worked in digital publishing and it was too fast and I'm good at fast and I'm good at deadlines, but being forced to slow down, I have to be forced to slow down. And I think that's ultimately probably for the best. Interesting. Well, I totally relate to the sort of immediacy, you know, it's like this compulsion, like, okay, let's go. Like, let's just do it. And like, yeah, give, give me all the fires and I will put them out one by one. And and then I will be really tired. (laughs) So what have you been up to when you're not like writing, marketing, editing, blah, blah, blah? Honestly, this has been a great period of time creatively. It has been a terrible period of time personally. Like we have been sick in my house for eight months straight. I started started counting how many illnesses we have had. And then I stopped when it reached like a dozen. And we have had three healthy weeks since September. And I got in a car accident at the beginning of the year. And every week I'm like, okay, things are going to turn around and they just get worse. Like it's just been like a really hard time personally for a lot of reasons. So I'm doing very little, honestly, like reading and watching TV and then looking after sick people or being sick or, you know, it's just been that kind of time. But now it's spring. It was a really long winter here in Toronto, but it's just getting warm now. And I'm like, I'm going to put on a colorful dress. I am going to, through fashion, try to will myself a happy spring. And yeah, and, and right now, just in that like kind of pre-publication, like jitters, anxiety, excitement, <laughs> weird time. I think the two months before publication are like the weirdest time to live through. Yeah. 
tough. Yeah. I am so sorry that you have been going through all of that. That what tell me. Yeah, I don't want to bring people down. Like it's You're just not bringing like, people down. It's real life. I mean, yeah, it's real life. It's been really hard. It's been a really hard one. And it's funny because people keep reaching out to see how things are going. And it's like, it just, it's not going good. Like, it's just not going good. But like, hopefully, like the book will come out and people will be excited to talk about the book. And I'm going to do a little Canadian tour and a little tour in the US. And I am really excited to get out of this house and talk to people and smile and get dressed. And really, I'm like, this book is going to come out and things are going to get better. (laughs) That's my hope anyway. Well, Maybe this whole thing is a turning point, like you said. I hope so. I hope so. I'm sorry. It's a lot. Thank you. Thanks. Because you're talking about it, you know, and being open and, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it is what it is. You need to put like outfits for a better mood can you do a little post about that? Have you done one and I didn't notice or something? I haven't done one. And I, like earlier this winter, I was experimenting with just getting dressed every day because I usually work in sweats. And I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to wear real clothes for a week. I, I miss wearing real clothes. And then after a few days, I was like, nah, I really just want like elasticized waistbands. <laughs> but now that it's warmer, dresses are like, I basically feel like I'm wearing pajama, but it looks so happy. Most days I wear elasticized waist skirts, which feel very similar to pajamas. They're like nice, soft fabrics or shiny or whatever. Like, you know, they feel good, but they look much better. So I can throw on a sweater and a long skirt and I'm dressed, but I'm still super comfortable. (laughs) Yes, that's a good strategy. I like, I'm also a bit lazy and I try to exercise in the day. So it's like, do I just put on my exercise clothes when I wake up or should I change in the day? Or is that just too much effort? I don't know. <laughs> well, if you want, even for Zivi Mag, I, I would love to see like top five outfits to turn your mood around. Will you do that? Something like that. That could be fun. Just like take, I could, tr- I could try. Yeah. Take yeah. some pictures and like go in your closet or like or don't do it for us. Do it for you. Just like do a video of you. Like I'm in a really bad mood and like today is terrible, but this pink and red dress from blah, blah, blah. And here's the link and get an affiliate code so you can like make money on it. Or <laughs> I know you're really busy, but I think you should come and be my social media marketer. <laughs> so I feel like so bad at these things. I feel like you should just add this to your extremely long list of things that you already do. and come give me help. Great. I'd love it. Yeah, I- I'm in. <laughs> Great. You don't need my help, but, uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, but start with that. I would love to see that. I bet other people. Okay. And all then right. all your bonus content, even a couple sentences. Okay. I'll give it. Not like you need my help. You're like this major star. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. So anyway. You, oh my goodness. Uh, just feel like there's all this opportunity, but anyway. Okay. Well, Carly, this was really fun. Thank you for being so open about all of your stuff because I that everybody listening, which I keep forgetting that they do when I'm like having like a hard time. I know, I know. But like the people who are eavesdropping on us today, I know it's going to help them because writing is hard and life is hard. And sometimes you just have to put on a pretty dress and get through it. I, yes, I agree. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you. I love talking to you too. Okay. I hope that this week is better. doesn't have to be a whole year. Thank you. Thank you. Great week. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com